0: everyone and welcome to the Females in Motorsport podcast. I'm Maria and we also have Hannah here too.
1: Hi everyone. This month we have the
0: lovely Jenny Gao here with us who is a co lead commentator for Extreme E as well as being a prominent Formula One journalist. Jenny has an extensive knowledge in motorsport and has appeared in the latest series of Drive to Survive. So first of all Jenny, how are you? I am good, thank you. I'm very
2: good. Apart from, I'm going to out myself by saying I must now be the tardiest guest that you've had on the podcast, because not only did I completely fail to turn up for the last booking that we agreed on, um, I'm then remarkably half an hour late for this. Half an hour late? Yeah half an hour late for this one so I'm sitting myself in the naughty corner I have a dunce's hat on and I can only apologize wholeheartedly for being generally rubbish
0: but I'm here now that's all that matters you're here now (laughs) um so (laughs) let's get cracking um so just to start us off briefly say what your route was to get into the industry and where you are now
2: Oh, crikey. OK, I'll try and Briefly, do the short yes. version. Yeah, OK. Um, so I decided I want to be in uh, sports journalism and I went off and did training. Um, I actually did a BTech I didn't like the degree course. So BTech in um, journalism managed to get some work experience at the BBC working in sport and at the end of that had some job offers so started working on Sports Personality of the Century as a Production Secretary and just worked my way up really um, going to local radio, commercial radio um, and did loads of jobs in between until I finally managed to I suppose make my dream come true Um, and here I am now working in sports journalism in Formula One.
1: That sort of sounds great. I want to know, Cam, what's your favourite thing about your job? Um,
2: I think it has to be the fact that no two days are ever the same. Um, So you can go from one minute feeling like you're an activist and a campaigner to the next minute an investigative journalist um, through to just a great storyteller. There are so many different aspects that you can get thoroughly engrossed in, and I love that
0: yeah it's that's the beauty of a motorsport really isn't it? Um, and for those aspiring to be you, what advice would you give people wanting to break through into the motorsport industry as it's you know it's quite competitive to get into?
2: Don't be late that's a golden rule, be late for nothing because you never know the sorts of people that if you're late for people when they're on their way up they could be employing you in the future and then you've totally screwed yourself because they won't give you a job because they know you're always late. Um, But joking aside, um, what advice would I give? It's the same as everybody says, it's such a cliched answer of never take no for an answer. Um, The amount of doors I had closed in my face along the way never really deterred me from keeping on trying. I think that resilience is really important and having quite a thick skin. I don't have that, (laughs) I'm just saying it's good to have one. Um, And for some reason, everybody that I meet that's in my area of journalism tends to, from the outside, look very confident and strong and, You know, they've got it all together, but on the inside, we're all just kind of living day-to-day, thinking, are we good enough? You know, always um, striving to be better. So you're never the finished article.
1: I definitely agree with that. And you mentioned kind of how in the future someone could possibly be employing you. How did you end up kind of growing your network and why is it so important to do so?
2: Oh, I'm the worst networker. Literally, I hate it. And COVID has been a blessing in disguise because it means that I don't have to go to parties. I don't have to worry about kind of uh, you know, making that fake conversation that you have to have um, and small talking to people who really don't care what I'm saying because they're looking over the sh- on my shoulder looking for like the better person who's gonna come along. And I used to always hate that fake media world that London kind of gave me. Um, And I've had some brilliant nights out, don't get me wrong, and some great parties. But in general, those networking events can be quite stressful and you get very little from them. Um, Whereas I think at the beginning, reaching out to people and and offering to do work um, and to have kind of those meaningful relationships that you build through going to events and Trying to be part of everything for me, I found that a much more genuine connection that you're making with somebody. So at the beginning, that's what I did. I mean, we didn't have LinkedIn and social media, which I think is a it can be a good thing and it can be a, a hugely negative thing these days. But I just wrote a lot of emails. I picked up the phone, and I think that's the thing. It's worth stating is that. Actually, nobody phones each other anymore. But if you're willing to pick up the phone to somebody that you'd like to work for and actually have a conversation with them if they've got the time to do that or schedule a time when they are free, it will blow someone's mind. Because it's like, a phone? How is this person knowing I've got a phone? So track people down, try and make genuine connections with people and be interested and interesting. That's harder, but be interested
0: in what people are saying. (laughs) Great advice there. Um, And obviously you have quite a lot of knowledge and experience. What is the biggest mistake or are the biggest mistakes you've made that you carry through? Because obviously you learn from your your mistakes and they're really important. Um, So what is, what one stands out for you the most? Um, There's so many different examples.
2: I think in this day and age of social media, Um, what I would say as a journalist is you are totally responsible for the stories that you put out. So whether it's the fact that you think you've got an exclusive because somebody's tweeted something or you've seen something on social media and you react to it without checking it, you've got to remember you're a journalist first and foremost. It might be exciting. You might be trying to break something first before anybody else. But I'll still remember it's um, it's better to be right than to be first. So if you've got any thought about, and you need to double check, you absolutely can't take somebody on social media's word for something, unless it's a, you know, a firsthand source. In which case, of course, if Marcus Rashford is saying things about the England match, that is a fact. But if you're hearing it secondhand, remember to get your two sources check it, double check it. And don't just, you, you're putting a lot on the line and it's very easy to press return and send and put something out on social media and it could be a massive mistake. So just be careful. Don't be, um, I suppose, don't be led into making a mistake that could haunt you for the rest of your career.
1: I absolutely agree with you on that one. It's definitely better to be kind of a little bit more cautious and safe and hope then eventually it works out the story. Now, this one isn't from my personal experience, but a lot of people on the grid, for them, maybe being a parent can be quite difficult when juggling a job in motorsport. So how would you manage to fit everything in?
2: With amazing in-laws and amazing parents and great help from everybody. Um, Yeah, being a parent is tough um, if you're trying to combine that with a career in motorsport. Being a mum is doubly tough because people are still of the belief, I think, that if you've had a child, you shouldn't maybe be full time again in a paddock because that's uh, just the way people think, apparently, which is quite an antiquated way of thinking to me. If I want to go back into the paddock and into motorsport full time, there are plenty of other parents who work full time in the paddock. um, And it's still something. That we have to push through and make acceptable and it's it's sad to say that um but there we go um it's just one of the cases but it is hard to juggle um and i don't have a fix for it <laughs> because you have to find your own way of dealing with it whether that be extra child care extra support emotionally whatever it may be but i remember the first time i flew to a long haul um it wasn't the first race, I think it was the second race that I, I went away from my daughter. And I think, I don't even think it was Australia, it was somewhere like a Malaysia or a Bahrain, somewhere like that. So a fairly decent length of, of flight. And it, it was about seven hours into the flight, I suddenly went, oh my God, what am I doing? I've literally, I've left my child at home with, I think it was probably my parents. and I'm going to work. And it just must be crazy. And I, I remember feeling very upset about it, thinking, oh gosh, I miss her. What am I doing? I'm making a mistake. And then I got to work and I remembered every reason about why I'm doing it and why I still want to be doing it even though I'm a mum. And hopefully, <laughs> touch wood, one day she'll turn around and be proud of what I've done and, and not just need a lot of, um, a lot of therapy. <laughs>
1: Definitely, I think it's one of them things, being a parent probably quite the hardest, maybe job of them all, so it must prepare you quite well for whatever you have to do within motorsport when chaos unfolds. But obviously this year's scene, probably one of the most exciting arrivals on the scene is the creation of Extreme E. And I wanted to know, what does Extreme E mean to you?
2: Equality. I mean, it's, it's fun, it's competitive, it's different, it's um, environmentally driven. But it, it, it definitely means equality in every sense. And the fact that you know the production team is made up of a huge amount of females. They've got me on board as a co-commentator um, or lead co-coms, it's a really confusing job title. Um, and they've got Layla there as um, pit reporter and they have a female driver in every team, or I should say a driver who is female in every team. Um, is just such a great step forward
0: and I love it. Great, short and snappy, so good. Um, And what's it like commentating? Do you prefer it to like your other roles or is it completely different? What is it? What's it like?
2: It's so different, so challenging and I think that's why I like it because it's a skill set I don't have. Or I'm, I'm guessing quite quickly. Um, and it's very different from commentating on, let's say, Formula One, uh, where you've got a huge archive of knowledge, you've got multiple timing screens, 20 cars on track. And that that is a skill set that's a lot harder to learn. Um, but actually, this is a new motorsport. It doesn't have all the archive, it doesn't have a huge amount of timing screens to read. And it has a different purpose. It's not designed just for motorsports fans. So it has such a cross section that it needs storytellers, and that's I think why they went for someone like me who can kind of be half presenter, half commentator, and take people through the journey of what is extreme. E. Definitely, I
1: think it's for me. It's obviously a new series on the scene, and there's been kind of lots of different. Of, of, there have been lots of different opinions about it. Do you think it's beginning to shift those opinions especially after the two rounds that we've had so far?
2: Um, I I have to say I was thrilled, delighted that all of the feedback I had was positive feedback from people. They were enthused about it, Um, they could see a bigger picture of what it was trying to achieve, trying to do And we've kind of all tweaked around, I say we've tweaked with the sporting regs. I haven't, I just gave them some feedback but I thought the first one could do with being a bit better. And we all thought that we're all learning this together. And I think you can see the path that Formula E has taken of adapting, changing um, and growing as a sport. Extreme E is having to do that very quickly with just five rounds in the season you've got to learn from event one, go to event two, react to that and make changes. And it'll be the same with event three, go there and make changes that we've learned from two and go onwards and improve the product every single moment of
0: every single race weekend. Great, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and what are your thoughts on McLaren joining for next season?
2: It's epic, <laughs> we need um, to enlist manufacturers and big names. And the fact that McLaren, I think is a very forward thinking brand right now, um, they want to get involved. They see the benefits of Extreme E from many levels, but who's going to be their female driver? I mean, it's it, it opens up, A really exciting potential if we can get more of the big name manufacturers to join the roster of teams that we have in extreme e then you're looking at really groundbreaking work when it comes to females racing at a really high level if not being associated with the top level and to me that seat is now the hottest seat in motorsport full stop and that is you know it's pinch yourself moment isn't it it's like wow this is this is doing some serious stuff
1: completely I think many of us we probably couldn't have imagined maybe 15 years ago or so seeing a potential female McLaren driver up there so it's definitely exciting to see and you mentioned kind of the trailblazing work that Xtreme is doing and the importance of equality what do you think about Xtreme's decision to require both a male and a female driver as part of each team it's genius
2: because I think we all have a lot to learn from each other and whilst there are only male drivers at the top level they're missing a wealth of knowledge of, of not experience but experience of different fields potentially because they don't have we don't have f1 experiences as females at the moment but it's it's paving the way for this kind of... I don't know, I, I suppose sharing of ideals and ideas. And it's not just about a male teaching a female how to drive, that is not what it's about. There are strategic elements, there are decision-making processes in the car and you you come together as a team to work on that. So it's gonna bring both drivers up to a better level and that's really exciting and, and the fact is, The strongest pairing will win the championship. So it doesn't matter how good your male is if your female isn't good enough. It's got to be the best pairing coming together and working as a team. And I think that's a huge development and something totally different from what we've been used to before ever.
0: Yeah, I think difference, um, don't do the same old changing things is is the way it's going to help women um, promote. And following on from that, do you think extremely is good for the promotion of women in the industry? And if so, why?
2: Yeah, I think diversity wise, if you just look at inclusion, um, not just females, but the the teams are made up. It's a very small number of people in each team, where it be mechanics and engineers working together in quite remote locations so it's really valuable to getting getting the message across when it comes to diversity and inclusion Um, and you know we've got the x44 team and they're bringing in a far more diverse um, range of mechanics and engineers than we've seen before in any team I think of of my knowledge Um, and there are programs in America and Australia that I know are moving things forward as well but it's a really exciting moment in time and And I think it just gives these incredible females a platform, a platform on mainstream network TV that says, you know what? You might never have heard of me, but I am darn good at what I do. And this is why you should open your minds to the fact that, yes, there might not be a female right now in F1 competitively, but there are all these other types of motorsport in the world, across the world. And there are some, first-rate drivers out there who are now getting the spotlight shone on them because of Extreme E. So it can only be a good thing and if if there are people looking at Extreme E at the moment and those drivers they should be blown away and they should be saying I want her on my roster no matter what sport motorsport they are in because they've shown they are incredible drivers.
1: Completely. And obviously, speaking of incredible drivers, one of Extreme's life is Jamie Chadwick. And then her also combined it with her role in the Williams Driver Academy. Do you think Formula One should kind of adopt a similar strategy to Extreme e and maybe insist on having at least one female driver or support driver in the lineup?
2: hundred um, percent. I'm really pushing for it at the moment. I'm trying to talk to people. I'm trying to motivate people to think that actually if you're looking for diversity and inclusion, then you've got W Series working hand in hand with Formula One on a race weekend now. There is absolutely no reason why you can't follow the principle that Aston Martin have employed in bringing a W Series driver across to be a brand ambassador for them. And you have that mentorship role and okay, they don't have to be a development driver. If, if that isn't gonna work for the team per se, fine. Don't do that. but. I feel like if, if we really want to push the matter, then yes, every team should want to have a female in their roster. It, it shouldn't be us banging the door down. They should be banging the door down on female drivers saying, I want you to be part of our team because actually I want my team to appeal to the broadest cross-section possible. And that means bringing in people of color, of ethnicity, ethnicity mixed ethnicity. I can never say this right, and it's a nightmare. Um, But you know what I'm trying to say? People of every different colour and creed, and it just has, motorsport has to do a better job of including people. And the Hamilton Commission will hopefully help that, but it doesn't matter what your background is, your future should be able to be motorsport.
0: Definitely. Um, And how important do you see your role as being a lead in things such as Extreme E, BBC coverage? Because obviously your voice signals women can be experienced and incredibly knowledgeable, not just a pretty face as stigmas kind of show. Um, Do you feel feel your role breaks stereotypes?
2: I hope it does. It's really hard. I think... With more chat about diversity and inclusion, I've really had to do some soul searching because it's quite clear how I got my job at first, which is that they were looking for a female because on radio, you have to have a mixture of voices. So if you put three men on the radio at the same time, it's almost impossible to tell them apart, even if they have different accents. So they'll always try and break um, that um vo- vocal tone i suppose by putting in a female voice so i was very clear at the beginning that i was getting the role because i was female but i think my time in f1 tells me that that's fine you can you can get your foot in the door by being female by being black whatever it is that makes you different from everybody else you've got to be good to keep your foot in the door and to stay there and build a place for yourself so All I can hope is that by the fact that I've been there for a while and I'm now working in other motorsport and other sports shows that yes, I might've got my job because I was female, but I keep my job because I'm good at what I do. And I think that's really important for people coming into the industry to remember, it's not good enough to just be different or to have something unusual about you that you can offer a job place. You've still got to be good at what you do.
1: Definitely, and you've certainly been a trailblazer in your role. And I would ask, do you believe that stigmas still lie within the industry, especially in motorsports? And why? if so, why do you think they continue to persist? I
2: think they do. Um, I don't think it's... It's not always so clear. It's not an out-and-out, out, oh, they hate us because we're women. It's, it's much more subtle in that and more underlying Um, and people talk about systemic racism I think it's something it's not comparable because it, it can never be comparable with racism but if you look at I suppose the old guard of motorsport they're still there like it's a generational issue in that there'll be some people whose opinion will always be that women don't belong in motorsport, women don't belong in Formula One, or if they do, it's just to be pretty, it's just to look good, it's to make the place a nicer place. Um, And I do think there is a slight issue with the machismo of Formula One in that we have 20 drivers in the paddock. um, And it's a very macho sport, but also, just the the way that it's run, I suppose, in that you get lovely after parties for Formula One, not in COVID times, clearly, but um, motorsport in general is prone to men drive, and then they can go back to the hotel and have a party with lots of beautiful women. And even even now, I still think that that kind of psychology of oh, blokes away from home have a bit of a laugh while they're away, dance with beautiful women, lots of alcohol, blah, blah, blah. I still think that's there. So I think it's gonna take some very strong role models within the paddock to come out and say, you know what, it's okay to be married and have kids and be fine by not being, misogynist and by not going out and wanting to party all the time with very attractive women and blah blah but it's a problem throughout sport If, if you look at it all then we have a lot of amazing sportsmen who think it's absolutely fine to have affairs and to you know have a very fast lifestyle and i think it's just it's just endemic of sport and you achieve a lot and then you go and celebrate a lot <laughs> it's probably not celebrating at home sometimes it's a, i can't you can't tar everybody with the same brush and that's the problem with me saying this I, know I always feel genuinely bad for people who are faithful within sport but i don't think there are that many of them that's the
1: problem
0: <laughs> i'm going to
1: get myself into such trouble <laughs>
0: no uh sometimes truth hurts um the truth is a truth and you can't go around that um it's staring a lot of people right in the face and it needs to be changed so how do you think like these stigmas, need to be changed um what in your opinion should be done obviously it's going to take a long time but what what should be the first step
2: oh, it's so difficult isn't it because you're you're trying to reverse um something that is it's just been so ingrained in motorsport, um, And I don't know where I see the change. We just need to have more females coming through. And I think it is a, a numbers game. If you can get more females coming through from a younger age, more girls into karting, progressing from karting, going into lower league, whether that be as a driver, an engineer, a mechanic, or whatever part of the team that you can be, then all of a sudden, I think people question their own actions because they suddenly realize, oh, I'm seeing this person as an engineer who happens to be female. And that changes the dynamic of a team. It changes what's acceptable when a team's away from home because all of a sudden it's not you know, the done thing because half the team are female. But I also think we have a responsibility as well as females within motorsport. A lot of the time, I think I am quite laddie and I accept quite crass behavior and speech. And I don't call people out very often because I think partly because I am a laddie, but also I I fear that if I called people out for using words that I don't feel comfortable with, let's say, then I wouldn't keep my place in the sport very long because that makes people feel uncomfortable. And if they feel uncomfortable, then they don't talk to you. With, and then you you know you see the problem spiralling and all of a sudden you don't have any work. Um, So a little bit of it is on us to actually, when something happens that we don't think is appropriate to call it out, but it's still really hard to do that. And if I'm saying that as someone who's an old fuddy-duddy who's been in the sport for yonks, then I can only imagine how difficult it is for people now coming into the sport to call it out who don't have years of experience to rely on. I don't know, I don't know how both of you feel, if, if you feel that it's changing for you guys, or if you still feel like sometimes you're walking in eggshells.
0: I think for me, when I'm racing, I just, once my helmet's on, I'm, I'm no different to anybody else. And, you know, I've been, a couple, a couple of months ago, I've been called names, so last, last corner thing. And this guy was not happy at all. I'm sorry I was just the better driver in that situation and I shouldn't be judged for that you know and you know years ago I took my helmet off after race and someone said oh you're a girl yeah <laughs> um you know it, it it's sad but I've just got used to it and but there is also a lot of respect out there for girls um you just get the odd one or two or such that don't like it and just can't get over the fact that a girl's overtaken them and it's better than them and quicker than them and stuff like that or better at the job and better at writing you know it goes not just for driving but for careers too
1: definitely think it bruises a few people's ego sometimes i have it because i'm trained to be a journalist Is i've gone into press conferences and i've seen i could sometimes be the only female on the call and you'll see people look at their webcams and think Has she turned up to the right place and i just think even on interviews or stories i've written and people have turned around and said oh you're only saying this because you're a woman or if i write about w series and i just think the best or the worst thing that always happens to me and i know it's happened to female jersey in other sports is when they quiz you on your trivia to check that you've known it for long enough and it's just frustrating because you know it wouldn't happen to a bloke so it's always quite nice when they ask oh, who won the world championship this year? And you pop out and say Damon Hill, and then they just get rather surprised. So it's just, it's more than kind of frustrating aspects of it. But you mentioned the fact that, obviously, over the next couple of years, we'd like to see more women coming through into motorsport. What else would you like to see happen with the females in motorsport movement? And do you think it's likely to happen given the rate of change at the moment?
2: It does seem like we're at a really exciting time, I think. For, for women in motorsport. It does feel like things are changing quite quickly. So my hope is that actually this is the start of something very exciting. And you know, we, we have to hold onto the coattails of people like Jamie Chadwick, and we have to hold them up as our idols and say, come on, please just get a chunk load of FIA points so that you can be ready and experienced enough to go and give it a real try. Because I don't know how frustrating it will be for all of us if someone comes through and finally gets a chance, and then actually they're not ready. That will be the worst thing I think for everybody if that happens. So it needs to be the right person. They need to be ready. They need to be developed enough. They need to have the thickest skin possible to be able to put up with what is going to be a rough ride for them. But you know what there are some amazing drivers out there who happen to be female and by embracing them and showing kids boys and girls that that is the future of motorsport that it isn't just uh, a male arena then that that's the best thing we can do and you know we have a lot of amazing people that we can cheer on at the moment so we're really lucky to be in a time where we can write about females in motorsport and we can fill up more than half a page
1: we'll definitely be keeping all of our fingers crossed for the female drivers out there i think that's definitely a very positive and optimistic note to end on thank you so much for listening and thank you to jenny for joining us and providing some really interesting points Go and follow the females in motorsport pages, and Jenny, you'll find all of the links in the description of this episode. Jenny's an inspiration, and we wish you all the best for the remainder of the Extreme E season and F1 season. And once again, thank you to everyone for tuning in.